0: the night the angels came, announcing peace to those with whom God is pleased. They couldn't have broken the quiet land in a more unexpected way. Hosts of angels lighting up the sky, trumpeting the good news, shattering the silence with praise and glory to God. How else would a Messiah be announced? Except instead of riding the white horse dressed in royal robes, we found you on the outskirts of a crowded town, given the last remnant of space, wrapped in a leftover cloth, and the least regarded citizens, lowly shepherds gathered under a dark sky, were charged with the glorious announcement of your birth. This is the peace that passes all understanding. The promise of a different kind of life offered was shalom, freely offered, to build bridges between our lives and your kingdom in the most extraordinary ways. Amen. You
1: know, I'm not sure why, but as I I thought through this week what we would talk about, I was reminded of a young man from 11 years ago. His name was Ben. And he died on Christmas Day. That's what I remembered. And like most people, Ben was, you know, just an average person. None of us would really know who he is except that about a week before he passed away, He made a video that he posted on YouTube, and on that video, he didn't talk, he just used three-by-five cards. In that story, he talked about how he struggled with a heart condition all of his life, and how that heart condition has always plagued him. He's not able to do things other kids could do. In fact, he had had several near-death experiences. In those near-death experiences, he talks about seeing a great light. He, he talks about how, uh, you know, what it looked like on the other side. He talked about how, how he didn't want to even come back from the other side. And it was an amazing story, but what was so clear about this young man was in the midst of it all, he had this supernatural peace with his circumstances, with his future, with whatever it was. He possessed a peace that I think so many do not. And what was most interesting is at the end of the video, he had two final cards. On one card, he, he held it up and he said, Do you believe in angels or God? You guys got that slide that you can put up there? And after that, he simply responded, I do. I do. We like to talk about peace at the holiday season. It's something we just throw out there. We love discussing peace, and and when we're talking about peace, we're really talking about two kinds of peace. For a lot of people, it's an inner peace. We talk about the fact that, you know what, um, I have a lot of anxiety, I have a lot of fear, I may even be struggling with some anger issues, and, and it feels like we're at war on the inside, and so a lot of people are looking for inner peace at the holiday season, There's another group that, like many of us and Maddie mentioned, that we look out in the world and we seek world peace. We desire that so much in the world around us. And, you know, and I was reminded this week just reading, you know, the news that, you know, Putin's kind of putting out feelers out there to maybe begin a peace process in Ukraine. And I think most of us would say that'd be good. We'd like that. We'd love the war in the Ukraine to come to an end. We seek world peace but inevitably, you know, in 20 plus years of ministry, someone always kind of comes up and just says, you know, Pastor Jason, I think it's great now and we talk about peace at the, at the holiday season, but where is this peace on earth that Jesus was supposed to bring? And you know, it's a valid question. In fact, they'll even say, come on, Pastor Jason, you know the song, you know, g- peace on earth, goodwill to all men. But that's not actually what the Bible says. We saw as we just listened to the verse a bit ago, it says on earth, peace to all men. And that's different on that. And I don't believe scripture contradicts itself, so we need to take a step back and say, what is this peace at Christmas time that we seek? What is it that so many people need? Because right away, you'll come across verses like Matthew chapter 10. Where Jesus looks at a group of people and he says, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. That doesn't look hopeful. You know what I mean? You read that, that doesn't sound like world peace when we read that. Jesus also told another group in John 14, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, but I do not give as the world gives. And you know, as I read that verse, I I remembered the conversation between God and Isaiah the prophet, where he said, you know, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. The ways of Jesus, the ways of God often are different than our worldly definitions and our earthly perspectives of the way things are. And so we have to take a step back and say, if there seems like there's a little bit of a contradiction here, what's going on? And the question is, how can we have world peace? And what I'm gonna say is, I think we're asking the wrong question. The real question is this, do you have peace with God? It's a different question. Do you have peace with God? And I ask this because I believe in all my heart that if you are seeking genuine peace within, and if we are to experience a supernatural peace on this earth, it begins by asking the question Do you have peace with God? What is this peace we need? And so we're going to talk about the peace of God. uh, If that's okay with you, I'd like to borrow the words of the Apostle Paul today. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn with you. We'll be in Romans chapter 5 today. uh, And we're going to look in there. We'll put the words and the verses up on the screen as well. So you follow along whatever way you are most comfortable. But in Romans 5.1, Paul says something interesting. He says, therefore, since we have been Justified, and that's a big word. We'll get to it here in just a sec. Since we have been justified through faith, what's the result of that? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, right away, we see two key elements necessary for peace with God. The first one's that big word that we don't necessarily use every day in language justification. What is that word all about? What does it mean? And I think for our purposes today, it's important to understand that justification is a legal term. It was used in courtrooms in particular in the first century. So it had legal ramifications. These are your first fill-ins today if you're going to follow along in your sermon notes, and I encourage you to. But to understand what justification is, it means this. Justification means that we are declared innocent of the crime and we are absolved from the punishment it's both justification means you have a not guilty verdict that's the important part but we don't stop there it has added on top of it that you have been set free from punishment In fact, more so, the Bible would say, your record has been expunged. It's as if you didn't do it to begin with. The the Bible talks about that God forgives our sins as far as the East is from the West. There's no record of it anymore. So it's more than just forgiveness. It says, your record's been cleared, you have been justified. And how is this accomplished? Well, Paul would tell us just a few verses later in in Romans 5, verse 9. He would say, God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How is this accomplished? It's only accomplished by grace. And what is that grace? It's a loving, merciful God who loved us even when we did not love him. Who sent his son to die on a cross so that you could not only be forgiven, but your record can be completely cleared. You can be absolved of the punishment and declared not guilty. And Paul says all of this is done through faith. Do you have faith in Jesus Christ? And right away, someone will say, yes, pastor, I believe in Jesus Christ, absolutely, I believe in Jesus Christ. And I say, whoa, 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 time out. Belief and faith aren't exactly the same thing. Belief is a part of faith, but it is not a complete picture of what faith is. Faith is more than that. And when I talk about faith, we'll talk about this more on January 1st, I like to kind of use the image of the head and the heart and the hands to give you an idea of a complete picture of faith and what it means. And what we learn from that illustration is that it's with our heads that we accept the truth. It's with your your head that you work through the knowledge. The Bible tells us to work through the knowledge of truth. It's in our hearts that we live by the Spirit. And Paul tells us that's the great message of the Bible, and that is the gospel, Christ in us. And the third one is, with our hands, we glorify God. That's why James would tell us, faith without works is dead. It's all three of these things, not any one. It isn't just the head, it isn't just the heart, or it isn't just the hands. We know all three. It needs to go from our head into our hearts, out from our hands, and that is a picture of faith. And at the core of the faith question is a second question. That question is this. Who or what has your allegiance? It's a matter of allegiance because what we learn is this. That which has your allegiance has your worship. And here's something, a truth you have to know. I don't care agnostic, atheistic, or anything. Everybody worships something. And whatever it is that has your time and attention in life has your worship, even if it's you. Everyone worships something. Are you worshiping Jesus? Does he have your allegiance? More than believing, faith is from the head to the heart, outpoured from our hands. And what you have to know is this. You cannot have peace apart from God. Not genuine peace that comes from above. You cannot have it apart from God And true worship comes from him. Who or what has your worship? Now there's one more piece we need to talk about if we're to understand this peace that comes from above. As he continued in verse 9 and 10, Paul would say, Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath? For if... While we were God's enemies, hold there for just a second. Do you see what it said? While we were God's enemies, however, through Christ, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more than having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? And in here we're introduced to a, another word. We have justification, we have faith, now we have reconciliation. And we've, we've talked about this word before. At its core, reconciliation means taking two things that have been ripped apart and bringing them back together. To be reconciled means to take two pieces that are separated from each other and bring them back together. And that's the message of the Gospels, that you can be forgiven, set free, and reconnected back to God. That is the amazing good news. And so we see then, through this word picture that Paul's given us, if we want to experience genuine peace, the peace that only comes from above, then we need to understand that justification is the legal remedy that we need. Reconciliation restores the relationship. So one is a verdict... That sets us free. The other one is bringing back the relationship that we so desperately need with God. And now let's see if I can't get myself in trouble. The result is salvation later. So, what do you mean there, Pastor? Let me explain this. Because notice back in that verse that we talked about before, Paul said, We shall be saved. In that passage. And I get it. A lot of times I'll talk to people. I've done this. You know, someone will say, yeah, you know what? Ten years ago, I was saved. I've been saved for 20 years. And technically speaking, from a biblical standpoint, go ahead and warm up your emails. It's okay. (laughs) But technically speaking, you're not saved yet. Do you understand that? What were we saved from? God's wrath. God's wrath. And that day of wrath has not happened yet. There is a day when we will all stand before the throne of God and a verdict will be made. And it's a play on words, I get it, but you need to understand from a truly what we call soteriological standpoint, which means salvation, you're not saved yet. What it is is that we have the hope of salvation, the assurance of forgiveness, and the promise of eternal life. We stand in the hope that when we stand before the throne, Jesus is going to sit there and he go, no, he's with me. She's with me. Come home with me. For all of us, it is destined once that we die and then next that we appear before God, the Bible says. We live with the hope and the promise and the assurance that through Jesus Christ we have been justified and through our faith that we can stand with boldness on that day of judgment that Jesus is going to go, you're with me. That salvation is what we look forward to. So what I need to say is this. It's a different way of phrasing it sometimes, but I I think this is important because he's talking about the day of wrath here, which is a reality. We don't like talking about that in Christian circles. I know that. But the Bible does mention it, that there is a day of judgment. There is a day of wrath. This is a reality. And what I need to tell you is 2,000 years ago, a very dangerous man left this planet to go be back with his father, and he promised he was coming back. And his name was Jesus And we like to look at Jesus as the lamb and the gentle, caring person. We love those stories. We love that loving Jesus. We don't often like to think that, yes, the first time he came as a lamb, the second time he's coming as a warrior. He plans to set things right. He plans to face the evil of this world and confront it and put it back to the way it was supposed to. We don't like talking about that, but we have to come to grips that our lives outside of God not only can't have peace, but our lives outside of God, you are an enemy of God. I need you to grasp that, because if you can grasp that, you'll understand your condition outside of God, and if you understand your condition outside of God, I'm hoping that you come to grips with the fact, I need peace with God, and if you need peace with God, you need to pray to receive Christ. It's just a reality. If you are an enemy of God, there is no peace with him. Now, will there eventually be peace on earth? The Bible says absolutely. When it talks about the millennial kingdom and Christ comes back, it talks about the lion sitting next to the lamb. It says they will beat their, their, their swords into plowshares. It talks about a peace that will come when Jesus is king, when he takes up his rightful throne but we have not experienced that peace yet. And what you have to understand too about that peace is it will only come on the other side of a battlefield. Warrior Jesus is coming back. Which side will you be on? For those who are genuine followers of Christ, we have to remember that we have been justified by his blood and we are reconciled through the cross. And because of that, for those who are genuine followers of Jesus Christ, we don't have the fear and anxiety of what that looks like. We know where our allegiance stands and we rest boldly and confidently at the throne of God, knowing that by his grace and through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and our faith in him, we will be saved. We can have new life. And in that new life, you have peace with God. And so I go back to that young man we started with, Ben. Remembering that supernatural peace that he had and what he put on those last two cards. He, he simply said, uh, do you believe in angels or God? And then in the final one, he responded, I do. I ask you the same question today. If you seek genuine peace with God, have you taken that first step to believe? And then I would ask that you walk towards faith. That is the greatest gift you can have this season. And if you want to experience the peace that the Bible talks about, it starts with the peace of God. And what it tells us is that peace then pours out of us as His Holy Spirit takes residence inside us and we live like Him. Have you started with that? Do you have peace with God? Let's pray.